Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Celebrate the holidays at Hale Varsity Club with an exciting lineup of holiday-themed events like ugly Christmas sweater karaoke and holiday music bingo, plus happy hour all day on New Year's Eve during college football bowl games. Hale Varsity Club has something for everybody. Stop in this month to try our new menu items like the Nashville Hot Honey Chicken, Crispy Breaded Wings, and the Benning Burger. It's a spicy burger named after Damon Benning. Visit HaleVarsityClub.com for the full event calendar and make a reservation now. You lead a busy life. The last thing you have time for is shopping, prepping, and cooking a healthy, homemade meal. With Chef, enjoy authentic meals freshly prepared by the best local cooks in your community and delivered to your door. No prepping, no cooking, no subscription necessary. It's one less thing to worry about after a long day without sacrificing the quality of a homemade meal. Schedule your meals with a local cook at Chef.com. That's Chef with an S dot com. Welcome to Hot Off The Mess. I am your host, Samantha Bush, a.k.a. Bravo Historian. I hope everyone has had an amazing week and 4th of July. I know this week was kind of weird because I know a lot of people had a four-day week. But I just have a quick little story about the 4th of July. Uh, So my cousin and I, we went to this like PGA championship thing uh, on the 4th. And we thought it was going to be like the Kentucky Derby kind of vibe, like people were just going to be like, you know, enjoying the sport, but also more there for like the social aspect of that. We learned very quickly that that was not the case whatsoever because we got shushed like multiple times and we weren't even on the green. Like we weren't near the the golfers. We were just like in the, in one of the tents that it took us like 25 minutes to find the craft cocktail tent. So my cousin was like, let's try to get into this tent. And I'm like, okay, I guess it's on the 18th hole, which the last hole in golf so it's like a big deal and my cousin somehow worms her little way into getting us wristbands by this like old man (laughs) and so we're in this tent we're like hanging out this table with like a bunch of like older gentlemen and like ladies we're like having the best time of our lives there's fans in there we were cooling off there was drinks flowing like it was just lovely we got completely shit-faced And then the next day, my cousin texts me and she's like, so the person whose tent we were in, we had no business being in that person's tent. I am trash. Like, I know. And then the whole time we were walking around this golf tournament thing, we were just like, it's really humbling knowing that like we would be the people at the bottom of the Titanic. Like, I wouldn't be a rose 
I was a jack because somehow we we got our way. We got our way into the tent. We pulled a jack and we figured it out. But at the end of the day, we would have died on the on the door. We would have floated to the bottom of the sea. Let's just be completely honest about that. Let's talk about why we're really here. Uh, we're here to discuss what the fuck is going on in the world of celebrities, Hollywood, and of course, like the pop culture rewind every week. And my favorite is the question of the week that I ask all of you a question and you submit your answers so I can do what I do best and that's judge you. So first, let's talk the celeb hookups this week. There was a new Benefer sighting. The one thing I have to say about these Benefer sightings is he needs to put some pep in his step. Like for real, this man looks miserable. Like at least with Anna de Armas, like he was giggling. He was holding his favorite iced coffee from Dunkin'. Like they were walking their dogs. Like with him and JLo, I I don't know if it's a PR stunt. Like I've said every single week, I don't really care if it is or not. I'm enjoying it. But he looks fucking depressed. Like I'm concerned for him on like a lot of different levels because I know that he allegedly has had like issues with like alcoholism and whatever. So I'm just like hoping Ben is good to go. But there is this one photo of him on JLo, what appears to be on like some sort of splash mountain type of ride. The man is like literally frowning and I don't, and everyone else is giggling and they're, you know, their hands are in the air. They're having so much fun. And Ben is just like not about this life whatsoever. This past week, JLo said in an interview that I've gotten to a place in my life where I'm great on my own. And I think once you get to that place, then amazing things happen to you that you would never imagine in your life happening again. That was obviously about Ben. We're going to circle back because she says I've gotten to a place where I'm great on my own. And I, I don't know the ins and outs, the inner workings of JLo's life or her relationship with A-Rod, but like Babe, you you haven't been alone for very long. You quite literally split from A-Rod. And then the next week you were seen, I believe, in what was that, Montana with Ben. Like, we don't know what the deal is with her and A-Rod. They could have been split up for a long time. Or worse, she could have been with him this whole time and felt alone. And that is, like, literally the worst feeling in the world. Like, I remember I went to New York City a couple years ago and I took my demon ex-boyfriend with me to this like really big trip. Like I was going on series for the first time. I was like so excited. I wanted to share this experience with him. I was fucking miserable because I felt so alone there because he was just the worst. He was just the worst boyfriend of all time. Like he was just on his own little planet. And I'm just like, why did I bring you? I don't know why I decided to share that story, but I guess I'm just trying to connect with JLo on it on some level because I don't think we could connect on any level other than that, maybe. But yeah, so I mean, maybe she was with A-Rod and she just felt like alone that whole time because I mean, he was spending a lot of time FaceTiming Madison LaCroix and other blonde Instagram hotties. So I mean, there's that. Also, Olivia Rodrigo, my pop princess prodigy, is dating Adam Faze, who is a producer. I really don't know much about him. Either way, I know we will get a good album out of her regardless. Like she's very Taylor Swift-esque in that way, like where I know that we'll be getting like lots of good content um, regarding her and her relationships. And I'm just really excited. So, I mean, I don't think this one's going to last. She's like 18, but yeah, I'm just excited for that. Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde, they are not a new couple, but they were seen on a boat over the weekend and I have to talk about it. 
Harry is like kind of the love of my life. I'm obsessed with him. And I did our compatibility on the pattern recently, which is like a astrology app. We weren't compatible, you guys. Uh, that was really devastating to hear. Um, but anyways, he was rocking a five inch inseam swim trunk displaying a slight butt crack that I'm not complaining about. And Olivia was in a super cute high-waisted swimsuit that had like a teeny tiny pocket. So the paparazzi got pictures of them on this boat. In one of the photos he was holding on his hand, like trying to get her to like get onto the dock. Gentleman, of course. But then the other one is one that truly devastated me. And I've never been more jealous of a human being in my life than I was of Olivia Wilde in that moment when they were caught swaying and dancing. It was fucking adorable. So I asked all of you guys on my Instagram, at Bravo Storian, what song do you think that they were dancing to? And some of your responses are The Last Kiss by One Direction. Someone said Cherry by Harry Styles, which would be kind of weird because it features his ex-girlfriend's literal voice on it. But something tells me that Olivia would kind of be cool with that. I wouldn't be cool with that because I'm just not like a cool, chill girl. Like I would be like, absolutely fucking not. We are not listening to this song. But Olivia is just like that cool girl. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I genuinely mean like I bet she's just like a down ass chick. Like she just doesn't care. I love that about her. But this might be the cutest one. And I would simply pass away if it were true. But someone said, I'm sure he was just singing to her a little song he made up. Harry is consistently like raising the bar. Like if that is true, I, you know, it is true. That's, that's just what's happening. Uh, he was singing her song. That's where we're leaving that. And then the worst couple, the thirstiest couple. To me, they're kind of like an equivalent of like early Spidey days, like uh, Spencer and Heidi Pratt. And that is Claire Crawley and Dale Moss. Uh, she was the Bachelorette. They, like, you know, she left the Bachelorette after two weeks because she felt she was in love with Dale after literally spending no time with him whatsoever. Um, well, they're engaged again. And I don't think anyone on this planet cares less than I do. But I love to hate these people. So originally they got engaged after The Bachelorette uh, when she, you know, like I said, left the show. It didn't work out. They broke up. Then they got back together. And apparently now they're engaged. And they have this kind of Bronwyn, Windenburg energy. She's from Orange County, if no one knows. Um, where like the paparazzi just happens to find them and like happens to get these photos. It's like no fucking paparazzi is like on the hunt for Clarendale not a fucking soul. There's not a chance in hell paparazzi are like begging to catch these two. JLo and Ben, maybe. Harry and Olivia, absolutely. These two fuckers, not a chance. Okay. So Tom Holland and Zendaya have been seen out on a date together recently and they were in the Spider-Man movies together. And I don't know about this one. I don't know. I'm, my spidey senses are going off. They feel feels like a PR stunt to me. It just feels too random, but also too like thought out. And maybe I'm just a little jaded because she did do that like quick little PR relationship with Jacob Elior, Eli, how do you pronounce his name? Alordi, I believe is how you pronounce it. He's her co-star in Euphoria. So it just makes me kind of side-eye this whole her and Tom situation. I don't know. Blake Shelton and Gwen Stefani got married over the 4th of July and I felt crazy when I saw this because I could have sworn to you that they have been married this entire time. I don't know where I've been, but all I know is that these two, I swear, have been married. 
And I mean, the wedding pictures are kind of chaotic, as you can imagine, because they're completely polar opposites, like aesthetically. He wears cowboy boots and like is a country bumpkin and she's more of like this like sexy, chic, like rocker girl. And I'm just like, this couple has kind of never made sense to me, especially because I loved Miranda Lambert. Yeah, a country singer. I'm not a big country fan, but I like her. And I just thought her and Blake were like so cute. They were the king and queen of country music. People were like, oh my God, it's like Johnny Cash and June Carter. Like they just had this cool, sexy energy together, this little country vibe. And him and Gwen, like I'm just not... I'm not getting it. They've been together a while. Like I said, I felt they've been married. It was kind of boring. Like it was boring news. I don't know. I feel like they wanted it to be this like, big announcement and it was just kind of lame. Drake Bell announced he got married and had a son. Is this wise? He quite literally pleaded guilty to a crime against a minor like a few weeks ago. So page six reported he was charged with attempted child endangerment, a felony, and disseminating matter harmful to juveniles a misdemeanor charges related to an incident involving a teen girl. The prosecutors claimed that he met the girl who is now an adult online, and then he attended a concert of his, or no, then she attended a concert of his in Cleveland in 2017, and A spokesperson for like an Ohio County prosecutor's office said that Bell had sent the girl inappropriate social media messages. He has a sentencing hearing July 12th. I just would like it if he would stop being photographed at Disneyland. Like if this is like what you're being charged with, like I wouldn't step foot, first of all, outside my house. Second of all, at a playground, Disneyland, a Chuck E. Cheese, like Dave and Buster's even, like absolutely fucking not. I've never been a Drake Bell fan. I was not really a Nickelodeon girl, I gotta be honest with you. So yeah, this news wasn't that shocking to me. I mean, it was, but also like he's never been right in the head. And I also thought it was weird that Josh and him like were never friends. I'm like, Josh knew something we just didn't. Yeah, he just knew. In Britney news, a lot has happened this week. A lot. Just this week, the New York Times published an article detailing that Britney has been pushing to end this conservatorship for years. They obtained court documents that show that Britney has been asking for a change in this conservatorship going back to 2014. They reported that even as she earned millions from a successful Las Vegas residency, she was limited to a $2,000 weekly allowance, according to the records. Again, take that in. This woman is making millions and millions and millions of dollars, not only for herself, but everyone that she employs and her fucking loser father who declared bankruptcy in like, what, 2003? So why is this man in charge of anyone's finances? Also, he's like a recovering alcoholic. Lynn Spears attempted to divorce him back in the 80s and like they ended up working it out, I guess. I just don't think this man should be in charge of anyone's life because he clearly cannot figure out his own fucking life. And he's just a nightmare of a human being and he's just the worst father on planet Earth. Him and like Joe Jackson, in my opinion, are just fucking trash. Just two days ago, her longtime manager, Larry Rudolph, he's been her manager since 1995, which is pretty much when she started uh, this whole pop career. Um, He resigned this week. He said in a statement that it has been over two and a half years since Brittany and I last communicated, at which she informed me she wanted to take an indefinite work hiatus, which obviously signals that Brittany wants to retire from music. And I don't fucking blame her because why would you keep working for money that like you're never going to see and to help, you know, you're paying for people's lives that don't want the best for you, even though that's what they claim. 
In his resignation letter, he does note that he was never involved in the conservatorship, but Brittany did mention management when she was testifying in court a couple weeks ago when she went on that 24-minute, uh, I don't want to say rant because that kind of makes it sound bad, but she, like basically just a plea to the courts, like get me out of this immediately. And if that's not too much, her court-appointed lawyer, Samuel Ingham III, anyone with a third, no offense, like red flag, anyone, like why, no, it's just, we don't need family names like that in 2021, um, but he's resigning as well. He's been representing Britney since 2008, since her conservatorship was put into place. Why are you resigning now? The timing seems strange, and also to resign without having Britney really have time to get another lawyer like right away like now she has to go and find another one it's just going to make it way more complicated Um, but two weeks when she spoke out about the conservatorship and her testimony her lawyer Samuel said that he had no idea she was going to say all of that I mean I just don't like this whole situation with Brittany it just really upsets me and what troubles a lot of people and what people find very strange myself included is that Brittany had stated she did not know she could terminate this or could file a petition to terminate this conservatorship, Um, which means that he, her lawyer, failed to do his job as her counsel. He should have informed her of her rights and filed to terminate if that is what the client wanted. Uh, But that obviously didn't happen. So I'm just, it's just throwing up all these red flags. Like, I don't know. I feel like there's some influencing going on there with like him and her dad and just like this whole situation, this conspiracy of like trying to keep Britney contained. And it also was released in these documents by the New York Times that she didn't even have control over like how she wanted to remodel her own kitchen, let alone, you know, obviously you talked um, in the podcast before uh, the bonus episode about Britney that came out two weeks ago. Like she had an IUD in her body. The list goes on and on and on with her where men are just trying to control her life and it's just very, very sad. And so the next step is for her to get her own legal counsel. And honestly, I just worry that it's just going to make this like a longer legal battle for her. We're going to send our prayers up. Good vibes to Brittany. All right, so for the Pop Rewind this week, I am so excited to talk about this because this is like literally one of my core memories. And I say that like wholeheartedly. This is the July 2003 Vanity Fair cover called It's Raining Teens. I remember like when you pull it out, it was like a double cover. So it was like all of our favorite reigning teen queens at the time. From left to right is Amanda Bynes, the Olsen twins, Mandy Moore, Hilary Duff, Alexis Bledel, Evan Rachel Wood, Raven Simone, and Lindsay Lohan. I mean, that's iconic to have all of them on one cover. But the outfit choices, now that I'm really getting a good look, they were choices. I don't know who styled this, but I would like to have a word. Because they're dressed, like if you really look at it, most of them are dressed kind of like grown-ups, like adult women. And these are teenagers. So like Mandy Moore looks kind of, she looks like a businesswoman going to like the Kentucky Derby. Lindsay Lohan, not sure what's going on with that look. Uh, Raymond Simone is in like a satin cargo pant. But they're all in these like shades of like gold and pastel pinks. But not only is the cover iconic, but the issue itself. So inside the issue, they interviewed all the reigning teen stars of 2003 like Shia LaBeouf, um, everyone on the cover. So in the issue, we learn that Ashley Olsen's favorite 
pretty boy is Brad Pitt. Yeah, these are real questions that were asked to young women. They were asked like, what was your favorite pretty boy? Who was your favorite guy's guy? How many juicy couture suits, tracksuits do you own? What's your favorite catchphrase? Like really bizarre questions, but okay. So Ashley Olsen's favorite pretty boy is Brad Pitt and her catchphrase is, this is a quote, you know, unquote. I don't know what that means because I want to be like, actually, I don't know. I don't know what this means. What is you? I've never even heard that as a catchphrase. You know, you know, I don't know. It doesn't make any fucking sense to me, but that's very Ashley Olsen, like ride or die for her always. She was always like the one in like the pink outfits out of the twins. And that's how I was with my cousin because my cousin would always get the green outfits or the purple outfits and I always got the pink ones. But anyways, Mary-Kate's celeb crush is Andy Roddick, who is now married to Brooklyn Decker actually. And her pet peeve is when, quote unquote, people eat bananas and make that noise. And I would just like to know what that noise is. What is the noise? Does anyone know what the noise is? I feel like bananas are the most silent fruit of all time. Like with an apple, there's a crunch. With a grape, there's maybe a little pop. But with a banana, like it's the softest fruit. I don't really understand what that means. Mandy Moore says her celeb crush is, I have a boyfriend. And the plot twist is her boyfriend at the time was Andy Roddick. So shout out to Mary-Kate. She has a crush on Mandy Moore's boyfriend, which I love that this is in the same issue. Like maybe there was some drama there. Was there drama at the set? You know, like was there tension? I don't know. Hilary Duff's idol, she said, is Princess Diana. I mean, okay. She owns 12 Juicy Couture tracksuits that she shares with her sister, Lindsay Lohan. Her pet peeves are fake people and her favorite catchphrase is peace and love. Alexis Bedell, when asked if she liked Britney or Christina, she said Alicia Keys. I mean, from the vibe that I was getting from like her and like Evan Rachel Wood is like, they were like, we don't wear tracksuits. We are intellectuals. We are like more highbrow. Like we're actresses. Uh, that was the vibe I was getting. But overall, I just want to say I love journalism because this is the kind of journalism that I would like to see more. I mean, very strange questions, but like at the time, this is literally all I wanted to know about them. And to be honest, like I want to bring this kind of journalism back. Like I want to know how many Juicy Couture tracksuits, like Zendaya. Like I would love to see that. The early 2000s, they were really, um, they were something. They were really something to behold. And I would, I would love to go back to that. That just feels like a much simpler time. And so my question of the week this week, my QOTW, is who was your celebrity crush? And we need to unpack some of these, you guys. I was getting some very interesting answers. And I I would love to talk about these with you, maybe a therapist. I mean, I'll join you because I have questionable celebrity crushes as well. But this one really stuck out to me. Uh, someone said Balto. Okay, he's the dog from the cartoon movie about like the sled dogs, the Iditarod dogs. What frustrates me with this answer is like, I kind of get it. <sighs> he's honestly, according to the movie, he's an American hero. He got those dogs back safely, okay? He, and I think he won the Iditarod in the movie. He was a big deal. He was like kind of like the bad boy, bad boy dog, wolf dog. Um... So, so, so someone said Balto. Another person said Michelangelo the Ninja Turtle. Now this one honestly puzzles me because don't they look the same? Like don't all the Ninja Turtles look the same? 
So I'm thinking like, was it his personality? Was it his orange sash and mask? What about this specific Ninja Turtle was like really doing it for you? I really, I got to get to the bottom of that. Benny from the Sandlot was a very popular answer. Um, he was kind of like the quiet bad boy with the heart of gold and he went on to play like major league baseball. So we stand Benny from the Sandlot. I support this one hundred percent. The most popular answer was Jonathan Taylor Thomas, JTT. Now he wasn't my like number one celebrity crush, but I can see how he was a lot of people's. Like he was cute. He had like that very distinctive voice. Like it was like that kind of crackly, raspy, boyish, mannish voice. It was like a, kind of a combo of both. I mean, the man played Simba, like a child Simba, which makes him more attractive to me. And that is something I will not take on right now, especially not on this podcast. That is just not something I'm not going there right now. But this week, kind of funny that people were saying this is he, the paparazzi took photos of him for like the first time in like eight years. He was seen out walking his dog. He's got a different vibe now. He's not what you'd expect, but I will say most child stars kind of turn out that way. He was seen in like a baseball hat with like a very baggy zip up sweater. JTT kind of gives me Haley Joe Osmond vibes. Well, that kind of wraps things up. I hope you guys enjoyed another episode of Hot Up The Mess. There will be a very special bonus episode coming out very soon, which I'm so excited for you to listen to. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and follow The Dip's other podcasts. There's TV Watch Repeat, Pop Chaser, The Slut Pig Podcast, who has amazing guests on this week. Make sure you check those out too. I believe uh, Dorit and Vicky Gumbleson are the guests, which is iconic. So go check those out and have a great weekend. Big tobacco cigarette butts filter practically nothing and are made of microplastics that are toxic and cunning. More than 15,000 fibers lurk in every cigarette butt you see. Could they harm your families? Quite possibly. They could end up inside of you, your bodies, their prey. New studies even indicate possible links to mutations in DNA. An evil lie with the future's worth of harm. To the world, now you know. So sound the alarm. Learn more at undo.org.